Welcome to another edition of the Scozy Football Podcast. This is Richard Tobin in Sydney and uh, welcome to another episode where we discuss some of the deadest of dead rubbers in the top six in the league, which is already well and truly decided. A wee bit more excitement in the bottom six of the league. The cup yet to come. But we also discuss Clyde, who are about to play their 13th game in 23 days. Or is that the other way around? It's pretty quick. Anyway, Anthony Maguire is with me in Perth, all those time zones away in the past, you might argue. How are you doing? I'm good, mate. I'm very well. Um, yeah, I did have premiership action back. It feels like a long time because of the uh, uh, the European, uh, sorry, the international break and then the cup round after that. So back to back to lead action post splits. Um, some interesting results as uh, as always tipped absolutely superbly um, well by both of us and then it was good that we avoided Motherwell because clearly that is actually the answer for Motherwell well yeah I clearly as soon as I just yeah throw them under a bus they decided to get a result and I think a lot of that is to do with their goalkeeper I thought he played particularly well saved a penalty saved a certain goal early doors burn should have been 2-0 up by all by my oh, reckoning right. mcgrath penalty and was then, a bit kind of wishy-washy one of those kind of like half it was it was wishy-washy but it still has to be saved okay. it was on target mm. it was on yes, target um and yeah injury uh, injury to uh, jordan arch i think get injured for motherwell and then and I say, and then it was um, on the 60th minute that they managed to score. Convincing strike by Kmart. Uh, oh, sorry, Kmart Roof, what was he? Uh, Devante Cole. <laughs> I, I get confused. Kmart Roof, like the cheat. Sorry, did I say that out loud? Um, like, yeah, oh, um, like Devante Cole um, yeah. kind of sclaffed, but he'll take it. That'll be on his bonus. That'll be on his pay slip. Oh, yeah, there's a, there's definitely a, a, a goal bonus there for him for that one. But uh, yeah, I just. Yeah, I said Mern's league campaign, I think it's just going on these ones where they're just ruining, not making that top six. And I think now the, the ability to get motivated and, and see out the rest of the season, I think that will be Jim Goodwin's biggest challenge. So this is my favourite time of year when you kind of get the kind of mid-table thing and it's just divided and uh, and, and the kind of bottom person in the, the top six, St. Johnson, who we confidently predicted would thump Aberdeen. We got that one really good as well, didn't we? But um, we'll talk about yeah. that in a minute. But Dundee United, who um, had their goal peppered by Hamilton Ackies and still came away with a win, uh, now have more points. And it always kind of makes me think that, you know, you've got a drunk driver in charge of putting the table uh, up on the internet after the after the games are all over. So Lisa Johnson on 40 points, Dundee United on 42 Yes, no, that that is always a little bit of like a uh, hang on a minute. Um, and if you're not okay with Scottish football, you're a little bit sort of like, uh, what's going on here? And why but, are people not okay um, with Scottish football? <laughs> well, we are, we are trying to rectify that every week, aren't we? Uh, this is one of our goals in life is to get people more interested <laughs> yeah. in Scottish football, yeah. particularly all those people who are like, oh, English Premier League. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, not <laughs> di- di- digressing slightly. Um, so I. I, I the name escaped me. Liam Kelly, I thought, I had an exceptional game for Motherwell and definitely uh, he earned his uh, clean sheet bonus uh, as well to allow Motherwell to get that win. Um, moving on, like you say, Dundee United won, Howard Nackies nil. Um, did, I don't know if you heard this, Richard, but Ryan Fulton, who's at his regular goalkeeper, yes. dislocated his shoulder slipping on oh, ice during the week. Geez, oh. Uh, so he's going to be out for a while. And unfortunately, Kyle Dolly, a uh, reserve goalkeeper, decided to 
shanked his clearance uh, straight to uh, Fuchs, who plays for the New United, who set up McNulty, and it was actually a nice, tidy yeah. finish. But he's going to have to get to terms with it pretty quickly, otherwise Hamilton are in for they're in serious trouble. Powerless. And and Ryan Fulton was one of the guys who was actually having quite a good season for Hamilton Ackies. You know, mm. yeah, very unfortunate. Um, yeah, oh, what a thought. I, I, I didn't know the story, actually. I didn't realise it. I knew he had quite a serious injury, but I didn't know that he'd dislocated his shoulder. But there you go, just go show you. Um, sunny days, people had the Barbies out in Scotland um, like two days before. <laughs> and then you slip on, it's possible, you know. Um, and then I think the other thing I saw from the highlights of that game was I thought both teams had really good shouts for penalties near the yeah, end of the game, yeah. and neither and neither were given. And I'm following the referee uh, going, mm. yeah, I just those two maybe balanced each other out, but I, I kind of feel both could easily have been penalties, and you wouldn't have batted an eyelid. Yeah, I expect way. the studious eyes of some um, uh, antipodean followers of Scottish football to be commenting on that, but we will link you in boy so that you know um kilmartin ross county that was quite an exciting game and i have to say john hughes <laughs> yeah he's not he's he's not a uh a wallflower at a football match is he um the you said it last week you said that defenses are, are pretty bang average for both these teams and sure enough after three minutes tilly stored and then two minutes later ross county had equalized so um, Chris Burke picked, didn't get picked up on the edge of the box, um, smashed at home, good finish, but again, no one near him. Uh, and then uh, your man, he didn't store, uh, Billy McKay, but did set up the goal uh, to make it one each. Um, yeah, and after that, I, I obviously Kelly stored and then Ross Tony equalized again. I think Kyle Laffer, he was lucky to stay on the park. Yeah, I, oh, he, he definitely I, 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 one of those, he, it was a wee swing yeah, of It's a, one of those orangey-yellow cards that we talk about. Right. Yeah, and the, and the thing, the thing that got me was that play was carrying on while um, your man was on the sidelines with blood pouring out his nose and Ross County had done it to 10 men and you just see him absolutely raging at the fourth official going like, how's he still on the park? So I get the feeling that there was definitely something in it, but it, it didn't get it, it didn't get dealt with. Um, yeah, and I mean, it could have it, it ended 3-2 either way. I think both teams had, had, the, had the, the, the chance to win the match, but with the way the season's going, two each is probably the right result for these two teams at this point yeah, in time. Ross County will definitely take it, keeps them a, a point above Kilmarnock. Um, top six, as we know, kind of slightly dead rubberish in my view, but a good win for Aberdeen against St. Johnson. Probably, a foot, well, I think it was one of the dullest games of the weekend. Um, Johnny Hayes actually taking his chance. But, um, yep. Yeah. I liked, I like Johnny. I like the goal. I thought the the ball through from Matty Kennedy was spot on, and then it didn't. And Johnny still had stuff to do after that. He managed to shrug off the defender and, and slot it home. So it was a really good goal. But as a sign of how Aberdeen are going this season, that's only his third goal for the season for Aberdeen. And you'd think that you'd get slightly better returns from him than three goals. So I think that sort of reflects the goal storing woes of Aberdeen that they've had all season, and the reason why they're sitting fourth and they'll finish fourth. Um, because Livy, we'll get to them in a minute. You look, um, at, the, you look but, at the team sheet with Hamilton, you think it's still, you know, the performance is still not, the, the, the sum of the parts has not been as good as what you look at on the team sheet. And you think, well, there's some decent quality there. I think it was a mistake to sell um, Sam Cosgrove in the window. Um, and I think actually that's probably part of the catalyst for Derek McInnes. But then having said that, you know, Sam Cosgrove probably got a better offer and, and, and went off to better himself. 
that said, they didn't really have any replacement and they've struggled. And they still they've struggled in front of goal like for the last season and a half. Yeah, Fraser Hornby. I mean, he had a good chance to to make it two 0 and he sort of headed wide. I'm thinking, oh, he'd probably do better from it was like point blank range. You'd probably get that on target. He's still rusty. He's on loan at the moment. Um, and then I don't think your man um, played for Hibs last season. Played for Rangers last season. Uh, Swiss. Oh, oh that's no, then, really terrible. I'm gone, I've gone blank on that as well. But he really wound <laughs> up. It'll come to one. It'll come to one of us in a minute. Uh, yeah, but anyway, but he's he's not really featuring either. So I I just think that you're right. That they got rid of well, they get rid of Cosgrove. Cosgrove obviously got a better offer and left. But because it all happened late, they didn't get the ability to bring someone someone in to sort of you know see out the rest of the season. So that will definitely be um, Stephen Glass's Florian one of his. Canberry. Florian Canberry. How can you forget a name like that? Uh, yeah. So anyway, but I think. Like you say, I think on paper they look like a good side. You, you look, you recognise all the names on the team sheet, and you go, "Yeah, I know him." But like you say, the performances aren't, you know, matching up or marrying up with that quality that's there. But I definitely think they're they're lacking that forward focus. And I think the other thing they're missing is that real gritty, steely defensive midfielder. And guess who they've signed for next season? Um, so I think that will make up. <laughs> yeah. No, honestly though, if they can if they can hold on to um, uh, Derek Fer- Derek Ferguson, Lewis Ferguson, uh, and uh, the uh, McCrory plays alongside him, if they can have those two in the midfield with um, Brown behind them, that is a potent like centre three midfield yeah. in the in the Scottish Premier League. That will go. And Johnny right. Hayes is pretty effective uh, as a kind of uh, attacking midfielder. I, the, the, there's a couple of bits of work they need doing there, but I think Stephen Glass will be all over it. And I reckon you know the striking position is obviously they need not more than one, but probably two or three to give it a wee bit of competition. Florian Canberry, it's no accident that he went from Hibs to Rangers back to Switzerland to Aberdeen on loan. So, you know, uh, I think it's more yeah. hope than expectation. And yeah, he's not delivered, but there we go. Uh, Celtic back to winning well, ways. Think- uh, James Forrest, he makes a difference. Mm. Well, he just brings balance to the team. And and that's the thing Celtic's lacked all season is this incessant need to go through the middle. And once teams figured out that if they just put three centre-halves, block up the middle of the park, Celtic just weren't getting the joy and weren't able to break teams down for most of the season. All of a sudden, James Forrest comes back in. You've got somebody on the right wing to hit. And he still comes inside, but he makes intelligent runs. And the run for the goal was superb on about half-hour mark. Flicked in, dinked over the top. He's made the run into the space, but he's lost his man. He's in on goal. The finish wasn't like... Clinical, but laughing perhaps one might argue maybe the kind of bottom of the studs, but it was good enough. That's good enough, and uh, it it got them in front. And that was one thing John Kenny said after the match was that the Celtic hadn't been storing enough first half goals and not storing enough goals early to really sort of put teams to the sword and force them to come out. And that's what happened. Livingston were 2 0 down right before half time, didn't really know what was going on. First half an hour was fairly even ish. And then after that, Livingston just fell in a, a massive hole and it just went from bad to worse from there for them. See, that kind of post-match interview, that was one of those kind of things that always makes me laugh about post-match interviews. And I reckon I could do it for anybody, any any given team, I reckon I could give the post-match interview. But listen, we didn't score as many goals as them. Guys, 
I'm just saying, like that is a fundamental object, and like we all know that when we rock up to watch it. So you know, just saying, um, very funny. Um, Rangers, I thought, <laughs> Rangers. Sorry, I'm, I'm amused by that myself, even if you're not. Um, Rangers <laughs> did very well. Uh, Ryan Kent, nice strike, even though he was going about 14 hours, 40 minutes to do it, but a uh, nice strike from quite a long way out for Rangers' second goal. And yeah, I kind of think they dominated Hibs for a long swathe and kind of kind of took the foot off the gas in the last... I actually saw quite a lot of that game. Uh, took the foot off the gas in the last sort of 25, 20 minutes and, and just let them back into it. Yeah, I think all the highlights for Hibs were definitely in the second half. So they sort of came, came back into it. Martin Boyle went down really easily again. Uh, he seems to have a bad habit for that. He got, got booked for simulation. Um, well, yeah, I, 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 I played of the opposition book for simulation at Ibrox or Parkhead. Never heard in my life before. Yeah, I know. <laughs> never. Uh, but he he does have a bit of a habit for that now. I've, I've noticed this on several yeah, occasions. Um, uh, and then, yeah, equal. Uh, sorry, I made it two one. Little few sticky moments at the end there, but um, but yeah, Rangers sort of holding on, and they are now holding on for that unbeaten season. You know, the 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 the, the the title of uh, you know champions and, and being unbeaten all season, the so they're, they're within it's within the grasp for for four games. To well, go. they're not being invincible because they got knocked out of the league cup. Who knocked them out of the league cup again? St. Johnson? No, it wasn't St. Johnson. It was St. Mern. St. Mern. That's right, St. Mern. Thank you very much. I knew it was one of the Saints. That's terrible. That that, that kind of completely passed me by. It's one of these weird things, you know, like because the stadiums have been empty. And because you you miss the reaction of the crowd, you almost kind of miss the colour of the team that 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 beat them. Um, psychologically, there is yeah. definitely an element of like, oh, I remember that, and I remember, you know, what went on and so on. Uh, coming back to European football, actually, Slavia Prague drawing with Arsenal, once again proving that there are no mugs, and they're playing again uh, tomorrow night. So you know, Slavia Prague beaten. Uh, Rangers and Celtic pretty convincingly actually um, so it's been interesting to see how all that's developed because there was always this kind of thing I think that uh, Rangers they had done very very well and I think there was a kind of feeling that they were they were probably going to be better than Slavia Prague but once again illustrating that they are no mugs and there's still a bit of a gap that brings us to the cup this weekend which comes back again and it's is it fourth round fifth round where are we at fourth round we're we're on fourth round fixtures um do we want to do I do I do our predictions now, or would we want to talk about a couple of other things and come back and do our predictions? Do I you think you can talk about anything you like, and we'll come back and do your predictions because they're always honking and people right. can switch off, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they they just give people the last five minutes off. Fine. Um, Hearts no championship champion the the champions of the championship uh, after winning six nil uh, on Friday night, uh, both Wraith and Dundee fail to win on Saturday so that meant that Hearts were crowned champions congratulations so congratulations to them yep um, they've, they've, they've done it on the first time of asking automatic qualification back into the Premier League uh, 6-0 nothing to be sniffed at there either um, but Hearts fans now start petitions online telling the team not to lift the trophy when it gets presented just to leave it on the little podium pedestal thing and i just think guys you need to get over it you've it's 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 a year out you're back in again that team has won the league fair and square they deserve their moment of celebration and that includes lifting the trophy so i think that's pretty petty on my 
parts. What are they upset about? Is it just because that they they feel they capitulated in the cup, or that they've suddenly kind of chucked it because they'd already won the league, or I don't know? No, no, no. This is the this is the this is the this is because they were dumped out of the Premier League in the first oh, place. So this right, is okay. more of a fu to ah, the SFA okay. and the SPFL, right, okay. not the team yeah. they are they're not happy with the coach either they're not happy with a lot of people at the moment apparently so it's all going really well um, there. like but, typical scottish football right <laughs> but they've just won the league so um so yeah so i think celebrate it enjoy it and then yeah Absolutely. gear yourselves up for for premier league action next yeah, season totally. that's my thoughts on yeah, the yeah, subject well said um i think that uh, it would be very interesting to to know how that would have mapped out had the crowds been able to return before the end of the season and you do wonder whether there's an element i mean i know that there's um the, the plan and again kind of digressing that the plan is a foot and it's wonderful news actually that um the scottish government have said to uefa that they are willing to have a crowd run about 25 percent perhaps up to 50 percent of hamden but i think provisionally they put in 25 percent um i'd heard i'd heard twelve thousand right. as a hard number for okay. hamden but the question mark around that twelve. Sorry, 12,000, I should say. That's what I say, 12,000. The issue around that is, however, that how much of that would be corporate mm. and how much of that would be actual, like, Tartan Army fans, supporters. So, but that's the baseline. So it can't be below that. But hopefully, by the time it comes around, it will actually be more than that. So we'll have lots of German businessmen drinking Heineken in the corporate boxes. Mm. Uh, no, uh, mm. no product placement there just saying you know they've been around i sorry terrible like swiping the master Indeed. cards um, um yeah geez. <laughs> um yeah well, I, like, well hopefully there'll be somebody with a kilt anyway we'll, we'll see what happens but um yeah look, it's going to be quite interesting so it's quite soon but i do wonder and you know kind of talking about that kind of hearts thing whether that's been part of the strategic thinking um let's not get anything open it's probably been quite a quiet time for um police scotland uh, other than the time that, that uh, Rangers had their gathering outside the, the stadium, which I completely understand and I and, and, and utterly sympathise with, frankly, um, even though you know it always sticks in my craw. But hey, um, you know the fact that they all kind of got there it was daft, but I understand it, and I think that they're probably trying to avoid anything too crazy before it gets to that sort of event. And I think that putting this, has been very clever actually to put that in the calendar and say, well, this is probably going to happen in about six weeks time or eight weeks time. Um, you know, you just have to kind of suck it up for the next next couple of months. And I know it's been a terrible, terrible time and it's been very, very hard. I completely understand it from the football authorities' point of view, but also the government's point of view of like, let's not, let's not lose what we've gained. So just try to change tack completely because I agree with everything you've just said there. So I'm not going to like try and talk over that. Um, Have a fight. What's this Clyde playing, playing so many... Clyde playing so many games? Oh, is this just oh, like oh, the, no, this the record? Is no, listen, yeah. do you remember I was telling you that before, yeah. right? There was this kind of crazy, crazy schedule that they got. That, um, and they're sitting they're sitting third bottom of League One. They're above Dumbarton and four for Athletic, who look like they're going to go down, but they're only a point ahead of Dumbarton, who you may remember gave Aberdeen a wee bit of a scare a week or two back. From the 20th of March, they have played East Fife, Keith, Montrose, Peterhead, they played East Fife again. You can beat twice, by the way. Air United, Cove Rangers, Forfer, Falkirk, and they played Party at Thistle tonight. 
in a local derby, wow. party at Thistle versus Clyde. Now, that's quite a bit of doing, even if you really liked your five aside, that's quite heavy going for a squad of, you know, um, probably, I would argue, 20 guys. Um, for the most, we playing 11 side football for, you know, at a, a, a high level. Yeah, I mean, that's that just seems crazy, but it's a Scottish football, so like, you know, it's par, par for the course, part of the territory. Well, they've so got Party so Thistle tonight, oh, wow. they've got Dumbarton on Friday night, they've got St. Johnson in the Cup on Sunday. What a lovely link. Do you like that? Do you like what I did there? <laughs> oh, dear. So taking us to um, St. Johnson versus Clyde in the Cup. All of these uh, fixtures have been moved around, of course, and very unfortunate, actually, for Clyde um, because um, apparently some member of the royal family uh, has has passed and, uh, and there were lots of moments of silence over the weekend, so we won't repeat them. Um, but uh, in a tribute to that, Scottish football has moved around its fixtures to accommodate the funeral of uh, Prince Philip, um, the Duke of Kent, sorry, the Duke of Edinburgh, uh, who the Duke of Edinburgh Award Scheme, a very, very eligible and wonderful programme uh, for young people in the UK and many, many things that he did well, actually, for the country. Um, but the football had to be moved around and that meant that Clyde have got to play again <laughs> within about 12 minutes of finishing the last game. So I would have said that St. John's have got a reasonable chance for this game. Yes, I think uh, I think the schedule is is rather punishing on Danny Lennon's side. So um, I'm going to say St. Johnson at a canter. So for Father Athletic, who are bottom of that division, uh, playing Dundee United in the Tayside Derby. I think Dundee will win. Dundee United will win four one. I still think they'll concede a goal, but um, they'll 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 do it comfortably. Right, this is my favourite. This is my tasty tie of the round: St. Run against Inverness. Inverness gave Ross County. Inverness are actually playing. Yes. They're actually playing yes. some really good stuff because they guess what? They've got my mate Neil McCann running oh. over at the moment. Um, because Robbo's Robbo's on it. There's a there's a family health yes. issue there, so he's not able to manage at the moment. So uh, Neil McCann stepped in and has apparently had them firing and all thrusters. Yeah. So that's what I say. He's a better manager than he is a pundit. Just the, the less of him on BBC Sports sound, the better. Um, so. <laughs> oh. So with that in mind, I'm going to just tip Inverness Tally Thistle just so that they can keep their cup run going and it means that he's not on the radio. So really good. Uh, I'll let Legal know that you've said that before we put this out, okay? Uh, Motherwell against Gunnock. Uh, Morton. Oh, you, you're wedging me here, but I'm, I'm going to have to say Motherwell, but no, again, not with any confidence. And, but in saying that, Liam Kelly, he definitely seems to have steadied the ship at the back a bit. So I think that has made a, has made a difference. You see, so we'll I, I think this is one of these games that Morton might actually come and give Motherwell a bloody nose, but they ought to be just a wee bit too more, a bit more professional and, uh, and win that game. Come on, I'm playing Montrose. I uh, can't see past Kelly on this particular occasion. Yeah, on the plastic pitch. Um, Kelly. It's not just that, like Montrose will be like five degrees warmer going down to Kilmarnock from up there. <laughs> <laughs> Aberdeen are playing Livingston. Ooh, another ooh. ooh. See, again, this is one of the ones where you go back even a few weeks, you just said Livingston, no worries, because Aberdeen have been rotten and Livingston have been playing well. I think Livingston have 
probably peaked now. Like they they, they got into the top six, um, and 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 David Martindale was sort of scratching his head on the weekend. He said, "Look, Celtic played really well, but equally we played really really bad, uh, particularly after that first half hour." So he was pretty scathing. Like they asked, he got asked what he said to his players after the game. He says, "No, that will remain private." Probably because he couldn't actually legitimately say it on national radio. Um, <laughs> what the bits um, come between the expletives? Yeah, yeah. It'd be like, be, be, uh, uh, anyway, so uh, look, I'm going to say Aberdeen. I don't know. I'm not saying that way. Great confidence. It might be one of these ones that goes to extra time or it, it drags itself out. It's a bit of a war of attrition, but I just think Livy at the moment seems to have lost their way completely. Aberdeen. Just like Aberdeen are just being Aberdeen, and the fact that they're playing at home, I'll give them. I'll de- that just gets, gets them over the line. I think. Well, I also think that Stephen Glass is in the building. I'll be keeping an eye on a few guys, and with the precarious position of professional footballers come the end of COVID, albeit that crowds are returning, I actually really quite fancy Aberdeen to take them. Uh, maybe even one nil. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's not. There's not going. There ain't going to be a lot in it. It's going to be very, very tight. I can, I can see it easily being a draw during the extra time. But anyway, Aberdeen in a yeah. Um, Stranraer, who are quite one of these kind of places that are quite hard to get to, it's a wee bit like Dingwall. Um, you really need to mean to get there. Um, Stranraer, uh, famous for its ferry to Northern Ireland, um, and they are playing against Hibs at Stair Park. Um, which is wonderful for them. Uh, Stair Park, which last hosted uh, a major Scottish Cup game. I actually, they hosted Rangers um, in the league uh, a few years back. And and uh, unfortunately, they're not going to be crowds allowed because it's a tiny wee spot. But uh, Hibs are going down there. They've had their problems this year when they've gone to um, open inverted commas, Diddy teams, um, having really struggled actually against Alloa. Strand rather miles away, can't really see them. Jack Ross bit of momentum and, and and if they're stuck your man Boyle will go down for a penalty see this is Hibbs last chance at silverware um, they, they, they blew semi-finals with the Scottish Cup from last season they blew their semi-final chance with a League Cup this season um, finishing third in the league great achievement and they, they will do that that is confirmed they can't beat they can't pip Celtic and I can't see Aberdeen catching them so they will finish third in the league so that is a good achievement however I think the Hibs fans would really appreciate a really good run in the Scottish Cup this season so I think the the focus will be well and truly on this game and I think they'll they'll come out on top which brings us to the other kind of game that I suppose piques some interest. I mean, Stranraer are mid and it's wonderful for Stranraer, actually. They've got to the fourth round of the Cup. They are in the middle of League Two. Um, the final tie of the round is between two large Glasgow sides um, who are t- one and two in the Premiership. And I can't imagine that um, when the TV guys were looking at it and looking at the round and going, hmm, wonder which game will be on on the telly, they went, Oh, it's definitely going to be Aberdeen-Livingston. Uh, it's much more likely to be this one. Rangers against Celtic. It's been moved to the Sunday and it's quite tasty, particularly if James Forrest is back on the park. And I think Stevie G will have quite a lot up his sleeve. He's absolutely crafted his number of options. However, in recent weeks, I think Rangers have become a bit more predictable and they're going to have to up their game again because Celtic are going to be up for this. Yeah, I mean, I think Celtic has sort of 
found a bit of mojo again, if you want to call it that. I think James Forrest has brought a lot of that. It's brought that balance back to the side. That's mean that you're not relying on the fullbacks having to run the length of the pitch. So I think that suits Celtic and it helps with the current players that they have. Um, yeah, I mean, the last time they went to Ibrox, they should have won, but they they, they, they didn't. Um, it was the, obviously the red card changed, changed the match. Change the match there. I just think that if they put in a a decent performance, um, you know, you can't ask for anything more than that. And you know, they're, they're capable. But again, like you say, I think you know, it's it's it's. You're right. I think a lot of it does rely on if James Forrest is fit because I think he's been a big reason why they've, they've played better these last few weeks. So it'll be interesting. This is the last game that's got something really riding on it. I mean, obviously the last old from game in the league might be the last chance to stop uh, an unbeaten season for Rangers. So, I mean, there'll still be obviously something in that as well, but this is the one I think both teams want to win because, you know, there's, there's potential silverware at the end. So, so that was my um, Ted dog barking at you blithering a lot of shite and uh, wondering where you're going to pin your hat for this one. Oh, I'm always ready to tip Celtic, and uh, you know, I, 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 yeah, these games are always settled on moments. There's always moments in games that will win you the match or lose you the match. And unfortunately, Celtic were on the wrong end of moments last time, even though they had more possession and they played the better football for the majority of the match. That unfortunately, unless you can translate that into goals and and moments, it, it's irrelevant. So. Yeah, I, 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 the other, the other, the other aspect. Sorry, before I, I'm waffling, but the other aspect I will just say is that um, Rangers did put an appeal in for uh, Nathan Patterson, so that appeal won't be heard until next week. So therefore, he is eligible for the game on Sunday. So they are gaming the system, if you want to call it that. Um, so he will, he will be fitting in a right back for Rangers, which does strengthen them and, and make them a better team because Balladin was all at sea the last time he played right back for Rangers. like a good conspiracy theory to round us off. Your final thoughts for this week, Mike? Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Celtic announces a new manager, particularly Eddie Howe, um, next Monday, Monday morning or Mon- Monday, Tuesday next week. So two ways of looking at it. If Celtic wins the old firm cup game, then everyone's on a high and, oh, hey, we've just signed Eddie Howe. If they get beat Monday, Tuesday, we've just signed Eddie Howe, new, new era begins. So either way, it's it's win-win for Celtic and then expect the season tickets to be released the day after that. So I wouldn't be surprised. It's my hot tip that um, it gets announced next week. Anthony Maguire, PR guru to the stars. Uh, my final thought is it's absolutely great that there's going to be a crowd and it's great that there's a, a sign of a commitment to that, to getting the crowds back in. It's been hard work watching it. Um, we'll still be here podcasting by the all you guys that are actually allowed out after uh, all the kind of lockdown things are finished we will still be doing this okay so we'll still be here uh, like a bad smell every week Anthony lovely talking to you take care we'll have a blether again and see how well the tips went thanks mate speak to you soon